Howdy, folks. Welcome back to another special episode of the Texas Signal Signal Cast. I'm your host, Joe Deshotel, and I'm here with my co-host, David Leffler. Hey, David. Hey, Joe. What's going on? Good, good. Well, we have a very special guest today, our own city council member, Greg Kassar. How are you doing, Greg? I'm doing good. Thanks, y'all, for having me. Good, man. Yeah, so great to have you. So you are currently in the middle of an exploratory uh, effort for potentially running for Congress in Texas 35. Is that correct? That's right. You know, it is the district uh, that runs basically from Pflugerville all the way down through East Austin, through Hayes County, Kamal County, down into San Antonio, just right up to the Alamo. Uh, And it is a district that uh, in the past was represented by Congressman Doggett, but now because of these uh, horrible maps as they've been drawn, uh, it changes up uh, kind of where all of our districts are and, and who you know, might run. And so Congressman Doggett has actually announced that he's running in a different district, uh, mm-hmm. opening uh, this district up that includes so many of the communities that I've been organizing alongside here for a long time. Well, yeah, we appreciate it. And we know you did a, a sort of an interview last week with us on and tell us a little bit about uh, what's going through your mind right now that uh, you decided to enter this potential race. I love uh, local government and the work I've gotten to do helping constituents. But what got me really um, interested in in thinking about the federal government was you know, actually, when I was doing my city council job, which involved trudging through the snow and trying to bring blankets from my house and from some neighbors' houses to the school up the street during the winter storm where we were sheltering people uh, from all across the neighborhood who had lost power. And it was when I was on that walk in the snow that I got a text about Governor Abbott being on Fox News, making things up about windmills and blaming the Green New Deal for the winter storm. And that was I think shortly after we had seen the news about Ted Cruz, uh, you know, going on vacation in the middle of a disaster. And for me, even though this local government work is so critical for protecting people's lives, man, you know, the Republican leaders in the state um, have so abandoned us um, that we have to find a way to go over their heads. And really the best way to, to take care of people in Texas, if we continue to have people like Governor Abbott spending their time, you know, beating up on people for political points, is for us to get federal action uh, and the opportunity to organize people um, in our community to have a real voice at the federal level, I think is just so clearly important in a place like Texas. And it became really clear to me during that storm. Right, right. Thank you for, for that answer, Councilman. I, I remember during the freeze, you know, you were one of the most kind of forward facing leaders in Austin, you know, out getting water to folks in your community, trying to organize people to be able to access food. Um, and obviously that's, that's been part of your, your legacy in Austin. Um, you know, you, you have been one of the, the biggest leaders when it comes to fighting for things like paid sick leave, um, when it comes to addressing affordability in Austin. And, um, you know, I think this has obviously made you a very beloved figure on Austin, but you've also experienced firsthand uh, some of the frustrations and limitations that can come with that when you have the state government led by Greg Abbott, who's gonna, who has come in and actively thwarted um, several of those measures that you've actively pushed for. So um, how much did things like that factor or are factoring in rather into your consideration to run for Congress? And 
how would you like to deliver a lot of those same efforts at the federal level? Right. I mean, like you mentioned, um, in the middle of the pandemic is when the Republican Supreme Court bans paid sick time laws across the state. I mean, just nothing could be more clear uh, about the stakes here. You know, when people were dying because they were going to work sick and getting other people sick, their response was not to uh, give people sick time. It was to try to take it away. And the fact of the matter is we have the ability in Congress to, to, to pass a law that gives every American paid sick time, just like people in every other advanced economy in the world have but not just paid sick time, but also paid parental leave and affordable childcare and a healthcare system that isn't based on profits, but is based on taking care of people. And that's what's possible in Congress. Um, and, and that's, I think, where we're gonna have to be able to get action to protect ourselves from the actions of the Republican legislature here. And so it really is a motivating factor. It's so important for us to have champions at the local level taking care of us, bringing those blankets, delivering that food for us to have great state legislators trying to block things at the Capitol. But if we want to see substantial progress on affordability or racial justice or health care or basic rights to abortion care or LGBTQ rights, um, all, so much of that in Texas, we need to be able to have our local governments being supported by the federal government. Um, because we can only expect that Governor Abbott's going to keep on trying to undo the good work here locally. You know, it's funny you say that, the undo the local, the great work we're doing here locally, because it seems like, you know, UT likes to say what starts here changes the world. And we know in Austin, uh, everything we try to do, many of these efforts uh, were led by your office. Uh, we see the state come right back in the next session and try to undo that at the state level. And although, you know, we're sort of a statewide podcast, but we focus on Austin a lot because of that. So I know we're Austin centric, but it's simply because what happens here ends up you know, being extrapolated across the whole state. Um, and, and so I, I'm kind of wondering too, like, what can we do to take what you're doing? I mean, we're looking at Prop A right now, which is another example of that. Republicans are looking at that from all over the country, not just here locally, as a, as an archetype. Um, what can we do to make sure that not only do we defeat you know, local efforts or statewide efforts that are trying to undo our good work. But how, how, how do you plan to sort of translate that to into the national stage so that other people can learn from some of the things that you've been doing here in Austin and the progress we've made and, and how we stop Republicans from undoing it? You know, the role of a organizer in Congress isn't just to take good votes, but it's to how, how do we make sure we, we empower communities to be able to make change? so that it doesn't just rely on, on this vote passing or that law passing or failing, but how do we build a whole movement that changes the state? And that's what I, we've been thinking a lot about at the local level, and y'all have been uh, covering that at The Signal, and it's also how we can think about it at the federal level. So, you know, when we passed a historic affordable housing election, the biggest of any community in the South here just a few years ago, you know, Beto O'Rourke was on the ballot, there was a lot of energy, and instead of going small, we went big to try to bring affordable housing to this community. Um, and when we did that, it inspired cities across the state. And now in San Antonio, they've passed a ballot measure to start allowing them to do affordable housing elections. And they're going to do one soon. Or when we decided to stop doing 
so many personal marijuana arrests and pass a policy to stop having so many discretionary arrests that lead to working class people and working families and people of color getting overly arrested. And we wrote that policy here in Austin. Pretty soon we're starting to get calls in Hayes County and in San Marcos, other parts of Texas 35 that wanted to do the same thing. And when we do it like that, the legislature has a lot of trouble keeping up. No matter how much they want to use Austin as a punching bag, Mm -hmm. they just can't undo everything we do, right? If we do 20 good things, then maybe they only have time to try to go undo a couple of them. Or with Prop A, maybe they have time to try to go undo one or two big things, but they just can't keep up if we're actually building a movement. And so part of my hope is to, if I run for the seat, not just be one member of Congress that you know, manages my own votes and my own Twitter account, you know, and that's it. Instead, you know, how can elected officials sort of be part of a broader movement to build up organizations and leaders at every university and in every neighborhood and across racial groups so that everybody is chipping in on their work? And I feel like that's what really changes things because, you know, at the legislature, they're, they're slow. Uh, they meet every couple of years. Uh, and I don't think that they could keep up if we're doing it at, you know, doing progressive work at scale. Mm-hmm. Right. And when you're talking about, um, you know, for folks who may not be aware, you know, you are a former labor organizer with the Workers Defense Project. You've done a lot of um, immigration uh, reform advocacy, um, you know, so, so being connected with these communities, as you're talking about, you know, has been foundational to your entire kind of political and life perspective, right? Um when, when you talk about some of these communities that would, uh, you know, you'd potentially be representing, uh, have you been having conversations with, with kind of community leaders there and organizations there? And if so, what are some of the things you're hearing about how they would like to be represented um, at the federal level? Yeah, up and down Texas 35, there are um, so many communities, right? You're talking about Pflugerville and Maynard, East Austin, Del Valley, Uh, you know, parts of, you know, tons of Hayes County for, you know, you've got uh, uh, Kyle and San Marcos down into San Antonio and Eastern Bear County. And each of those communities has their own issues that really need to be addressed. But overwhelmingly, up and down 35, people have felt that, you know, they're places that too often get left behind um, because they're considered places with with less power or less money. But in my view, in my experience as an Austin council member representing many of these same communities and fighting for many of these same neighborhoods, uh, I think of it as communities that are often just underestimated. You know, when I started out as a labor organizer organizing low-wage construction workers, when we wanted to take on one of the biggest hotel companies in the country who who were breaking the law and underpaying their workers, there were a lot of folks that said, you know, what's the point of that? What's the, what, what are the chances that you can actually win that kind of a fight? Or, you know, representing lots of people in mobile home parks that were getting kicked out by out-of-state investors. When we, we were bringing on volunteer lawyers and marching on management trailers and calling their national office, there are a lot of reporters and people in power saying, well, that, that sounds good, but is it really going to change anything? But in each of those cases, actually working folks who didn't gave, give up one, you know, we actually got millions of dollars in fines against that uh, hotel company, even if though we had 
the former mayor at the time, Lee Leffingwell and, and the big construction company all against us. The, the workers won that, that, that fight. And actually with the mobile home park, after five years of work, they actually got together enough of their own money, philanthropic money and city money to buy their uh, mobile home park back from these corporate landlords. And so I think that it really is communities that are underestimated, but if they just get you know, cooperation and some support from their elected officials, and if their voices can be better heard um, at the national scale or even at the local scale, there's just incredible things that can happen. And that's really what we need to do you know, is again, take on fights where people think we might not be able to win, but we have to and, and raise that up when we're talking about getting to a $15 an hour or a $20 an hour minimum wage across the country or about taking real climate action so that we can save the planet. Uh, when we're, we're talking about these big issues we face in Texas, again, I think it's going to come down to the people who are underestimated getting real support um, from progressives that are willing to put it on the line to to, to not give up and to try to win even against the big interests. Yeah. I mean, and that's, and that covers a lot of ground and, and it makes me wonder, have you thought much about what your first legislation might be, or do you have a one or two things where one day one, I get there, I'm going to file this bill. I, I have, I have not written down bill number one, uh, but you know, I'm open to suggestions and <laughs> notes because my, you know, and, and it's not for lack of ideas. It's because there's so many, sure, I mean, yeah. there's just so much work that it is we have to do. But what I will say is one of the most important things for any of this to work is to protect and restore just basic democracy. Mm -hmm. uh, because right now the rules are so rigged against working people in the first place. So of course, right climate action is critical because there aren't jobs on a dead planet. And of course, making sure people can afford to live here and afford their medical care are the basic, the basic things. But for us to be able to get that to that stuff, we also have to recognize that we have to undo the kind of gerrymandering that takes away one person, one vote. We have to give immigrant community members who've lived here often for decades if, and, and that work here and send their kids to school in our communities, the right to vote because we have millions of immigrants who live here and don't have that right. Um, the fact that that DC, uh, you know, a place that is overwhelmingly working people and families of color, you know, should also have representation in Congress. And some of those things, they may not be the immediate thing that somebody talks about at the door because somebody might want to talk about their health care or their housing or the VA and those, you know, protecting social security, that stuff is definitely like the, the, my priorities and things I care about the most. But if we ever want to be able to get that stuff done um, and keep doing that work, we have to unrig a system that's been rigged by right-wing forces and status quo forces for so long. And that's, you know, things like Citizens United and the filibuster um, and voting rights, all these things that skew representation away from the needs of everyday people and towards the status quo. And we've got to unrig the game so that working people have a shot so that we can better protect social security so that we can better reduce um, the for-profit part of our healthcare industry. Uh, for us to ever be able to get up to all of that, I think we have to also just protect our democracy and, and get back to one person, one vote. Right, no, I could not agree more. Um, and I think for you know, a lot of people who are gonna be listening to this, 
I'm sure some people's reaction who may not have heard you before are thinking like, all right, clearly this guy is not just focused on, on local politics in Austin. This is, you've had your eye on just statewide and federal issues. It's something that you talk about a lot because you recognize that so many of these things are connected with the decisions made at the federal and state level are what affects communities like Austin's. Um, and so in that way, um, you know, I guess be curious to hear. So obviously you've launched your exploratory committee, but have not yet officially declared uh, your candidacy. Um, you know, to whatever extent you can share, what are you kind of looking for um, before uh, making that run official? So we've you know, launched the exploratory committee at rungregrun.org. And within a few hours of posting that had over a thousand people sign up uh, to be potential volunteers and potential supporters. And so what I'm doing is I'm visiting communities up and down Texas 35, having conversations, um, making sure that it's the right thing. And if, um, and if it's something you wanna be a part of, you can go to the website and sign up and you'll be amongst the very first to hear. Uh, I'm you know, really encouraged by so much support, right? I mean, uh, there are a lot of campaigns that never get to a thousand volunteers. And the fact that we had over a thousand people sign up on the first day where I wasn't even running yet, I think was really encouraging and something I you know, don't take for granted. And so, you know, I'm likely to run um, if we continue to see that kind of support because I, I take really seriously the responsibility to be a, of us being a city council member and being able to show people real immediate local results. But I also know um, that some of these challenges are so much bigger than just what the city can handle. And so uh, I'll be making the, the final decision here in the coming days, now that the maps just got signed into law uh, just yesterday. And, you know, I hope and will support the lawsuits against those maps because they're, they're wrong and they're terrible. But if this is the way that the maps will be for now, um, then, you know, I'm, I'm likely to make a decision in the coming days after I've, you know, done some more visits to each of these cities um, and gotten a, gotten a sense that it's what people want me to do. Well, excellent. I mean, and, and I think in the city of Austin, you, you may actually be termed out as far as I, I'm aware. I think there's a provision that would allow you to get signatures to run again. Uh, but I mean, I, I, you know, having, you know, organized alongside you before you were in city council and, and just kind of having you recall some of these things that you've done, it does, it seems like you're well positioned uh, to make that leap. Um, and I think you could do a lot of good work and I certainly need you up there. So, uh, we really appreciate you taking some time, uh, today to talk a little bit about it and, uh, good luck. And we hope to hear from you, uh, some news very soon. And I think I appreciate it. Y'all mm -hmm. will get the note from me uh, whenever <laughs> I decide, but it's just been great hanging out with y'all and, and, you know, if folks are interested, feel free to reach out. And again, and Greg, real quick, one question. Um, yeah. so I think the kind of two main questions on people's mind right now is probably one, you know, is he going to declare? And two, you know, is he going to continue growing his hair out? And so for anyone, you know, we can't see <laughs> on video right now that, that during the me. pandemic, Greg has grown out a fine head of hair. So the question is, will you could keep it going? Yeah. Oh, I mean, there's, I think people might read into it, you know, if I chop it off, which could very well may or may not be scheduled getting it chopped off this week you know <laughs> people might read into it that means he's doing it that means he's not yeah. and so I, I think we'll just like leave that up to people's comments on instagram and see what they <laughs> yeah i just assumed it was like hercules like your source of power but um <laughs> so we can't see it go just yet i don't think but but uh but all right greg well i know you've got to go right now so <laughs> thanks again and we'll uh we'll look out for some news 
That sounds good. Y'all take care. All right. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. So I'm, I'm looking at his uh, list. Uh, I had not looked at his supporter list. This is pretty extensive. He's got a lot of elected officials and uh, well-known candidates and council colleagues and, um, and community organizers that you would recognize yourself. A lot of these yeah. names. So he, he even, yeah, he even got the endorsement of Julie Oliver. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. Is Doggett on here too? Because <laughs> if he could bring them together, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, no, he, he's got a good list here. So uh, good for him. It looks like the ACL lineup that he has it organized. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think, yeah, I, um, he's definitely a little further along than I realized. Um, but certainly having that many folks sign up to, uh, to jump on board and potentially um, be a part of it is great. And I do think that the way the maps are drawn uh, from the way I look at it here, um, I do believe it's probably an Austin centric map in terms of um, there are more Travis County residents who are probably more aware of them than San Antonio uh, and Bear County. And, you know, there's certainly, there have been a couple of names from Bear County that have, come up who might potentially run in this district one would be trey martinez fisher who is his current state representative who uh left uh left office to go run for senate um but then when he lost that race he challenged the incumbent democrat uh and won his seat back uh where he sits now and uh, apparently he has requested that he be put into this district so uh, so it sounds very much like he's considering a run, which would obviously be a San Antonio-based run. Uh, but having looked at the turnout numbers for for Bear County and uh, versus Travis, and it seems Bear County turnout is much lower in this area than mm-hmm. than the Travis County turnout. So just for practical purposes and reasons, I think that um, there's an advantage. It seems like to to running this seat out of Travis County. Um, than it would be in Bear, and then of course Doggett, who occupied this seat or currently occupies 35, which still goes into San Antonio. We also know that he fought that fight himself based on right. Austin. So I think it. I think it. You know, as he's looking and you asked him, you know, what he's considering. I think this has got to be a big part of it. Right, and if you're looking at the list, I mean, yeah, every. I mean, beyond just from a political perspective, there's a lot of people who are very culturally prominent around mm-hmm. here too and yeah i mean you see even you see mike siegel you see you see all these all, all the you know i mean i recognize most of the names on here it feels like well this is kind of a technical question because you know this a lot better than i do um i'm assuming this isn't going to the podcast right um well we are still recording so so far uh, yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm just curious you know when you see so many names on here um in this exploratory committee that's that's listed on his website is got to be over a hundred names here um, for people who are listening. You know, I, I'd be curious just from your experience in, in campaigns, why, like what, what, you know, are the functions of the exploratory committee with this many people on it? Like, what does that look like from the inside? Well, I mean, usually it means that you definitely want to do it and, but you're, I mean, it costs so much money. I mean, a congressional campaign these days, a minimum uh, three quarters of a million dollars. So he's going to have to raise a million dollars, uh, potentially in a very competitive race. If, if that's what it turns out to be. 
Um, and so you want to see a lot of diversity within the community. And I notice a lot of people will put people on their list that don't even live in the district. Uh, and I'm sure there are people on here who don't live in that district. Um, but at least their constituency or their reach needs to be in that community. And, and a lot of these folks, I can tell, do that because they're on they're run different various organi uh, organizations. But um, I think that the idea is that if somebody else thinks they want to get in this race, they will come to this website and then they will see all these names and they'll be like, well, I can't talk to these people. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, that that poses a huge challenge and i think it's a deterrent for someone who might want to jump in the race but it's as much a staking a claim than anything else yeah it's putting your name out there i mean that's such a huge part of it i, I mean it's people will call and ask me to support them for office or whatever and a lot of a lot of times looking back over time it's usually the first person who has called me that i like and that i know and would support and then right. maybe somebody else i know gets in the race but i've already You've already committed. Yeah. So getting out early is, is, uh, is hugely important. It's not always the determining factor, but, um, but he's definitely got a very diverse list here starting so far. Right. Right. And I mean, if you look back, right. Um, and what was it in, in during Beto's 2018 run, I remember a couple of weeks before, um, voting started, Beto had this huge rally on, uh, along the lake in Austin, you know, there are mm -hmm. thousands of people there. And Greg was the person who personally introduced him. So I would imagine, um, you know, there, there's, he, I think that's exemplifying, uh, the, just shows how much kind of connections he has beyond Austin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, that's kind of what I was curious about on this list is how many folks are actually, uh, in that, in that Bear County part, because I think that's going to be the, um, sort of the tough, you know, um, go is, 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 uh, it's a, it's a trek you know, down there, it's an hour, 15 minutes, folks who can't see the map, there's like, um, you know, a, a portion of Travis County, but then it literally is like a string that goes all the way down 35, all the way yeah. to San Antonio. And so, uh, so it's just making that trip up and down 35, uh, you know, to, um, to talk to the other half of the district. And, and right. that's just a function of the gerrymandering that, that took, has taken place. Um, and so whoever wins the district will have to represent, uh, uh, you know, a different community, um, you know, it's central Texas based, but I mean, San Antonio it itself is like the eighth or ninth largest city in America and, and Austin is right behind it. And so these are two very large and diverse communities. And so I think that that's, um, that'll be a challenge in, in one sense, but in the other sense of how polarized politics are uh, in, in dc it's almost like you're either d or an r anyway unless right. you're a mansion or a cinema right uh, <laughs> and then all yeah. bets are off yeah yeah then uh then who knows but obviously he would be a very strong d so i, I think whoever jumps in the race is definitely gonna uh, be looking at this list and and thinking twice about it so it'll be interesting to see what other names uh, surface in the next week or so right right yeah and again for anyone who's listening again uh, that website is run, rungregrun.org. Um, and if you're interested in reading up on uh, the Texas Signals write-up uh, with, with, with uh, the council member last week, uh, there's a great piece um, by Fernando Ramirez on our website um, that goes into you know, his motivations for potentially running as well as some of the, the main issues that are, mo that are driving this consideration on his end. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So 
Well, uh, I guess, you know, we'll, we will continue to follow this and, uh, it sounds like we'll be some of the first to hear if he does decide uh, to jump in the race, it looks pretty good for him. So, um, you know, keep, keep your eyes posted to texassignal.com and follow us on social. We'll be putting out little clips of this as well. And, um, and yeah, you, you, you'll, you'll hear, you'll hear it. If, if, if you're not signed up at run, Greg run, you'll probably hear it from us uh soon after it's announced so um you know keep keep it here and we'll stay in touch cool thanks joe thanks for listening guys yeah thanks david